You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Hey guys, it's Allie here. Sam is on vacation. She's in Arizona for her grandpa's birthday and I'm super excited for her because if we get to say that we have our grandparents still, like what a blessing. And those are these are the moments that really matter and I'm so glad she took the time to go out there and celebrate. So it's just me today and what am I going to talk about? I've tried recording this a few times. My dog keeps barking. Um, I keep getting interrupted. And so I I had to put it off a little bit. Yesterday I was supposed to record and I just, I kept pressing the button and then it wouldn't work out. So I was like, you know what? I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. So here we go fresh today. Um, I'm going to talk about something that is that I love that you guys message me a lot about and that's branding and influencing and selling. And even if you don't have a business, there's some great information in here for you, even to understand how your kiddos, how your spouse works. So let's dive in um, to kind of the number one question, how do I become more influential, right? We all are on social media now and most of our businesses, our small businesses run on social media. It's free. That's the best thing about social media is it's free marketing. You don't have to pay a cent. So there's a very fine line between what is influence and manipulation. And I, I'm a big one with this. So influence is when the outcome is for that person. So can you think of people that have made a difference in your life? Like perhaps your parents, a teacher, a mentor, they somehow helped you be a better person. Do you think of them as manipulating or influential? It's an important question because people often use these words, manipulation and influence, interchangeably, okay? So manipulators, they seek to control another person. They don't consider the good of that other party. And um, manipulators, what, what they, they demand the answers, right? We've all been kind of backed into a corner. They use kind of that guilt and fear and embarrassment to corner you into the, to the decision, and so we've all been in that situation when someone is trying to manipulate us for their own gain, when they're trying to sell us something and it has nothing to do with us. They, and we're not the ones asking for it. And so I think um, one fundamental difference between manipulation and influence is intent. Influence creates an environment that makes it easy for a person to act or think in a way that you want them to, whereas manipulation is forcing or coercing a person to take an action you want. So just remember that. So how do you sell without manipulating? And that was a big one for me when I first got into sales because I was like, 
ugh, sales. I don't want to be that slimy person, but it's understanding who you are selling to or trying to influence. And you have to understand how there's 10 different types of decision makers. And I'm not going to dive into all of them today, but I'm going to break down a few. So the first one that I'm going to cover is pain versus pleasure. And again, if you don't own a business or want to own a business, you can even do this at home with your kids and spouse and use this in everyday life. So you have probably experienced good and bad with your kiddos or spouse. Do they listen to you? If not, you don't know how to properly influence them. So ask yourself, what is their blueprint? What moves them? Internal drive versus external drive. So pain-oriented or pleasure-oriented. Do they get better motivated if you say, I'm going to be so pissed at you if you don't take out the trash? Or is it more of, if you take out the trash, I will reward you with sex or dessert or whatever their pleasure is? Or for kids, pain is you're going to lose your car privileges if you don't take out the trash. Pleasure being you get 30 more minutes of screen time if you take out the trash. Which one are they persuaded by? I know for me, I'm more of the pleasure one. I run towards pleasure. and But I will get it done too, I feel like, if they're, they're taking things away like my car. So <laughs> I think it's just kind of understanding. Like I know my youngest, he is definitely, we have to take things away. We can, we can reward and we can give gold stars all day long. But he's like, yeah, I don't really care about that stuff. It's more like we're going to take something important away from you. And then he's like, okay, I'll do it. So <laughs> that puts us into more now of the sales side. So are they a possibility person or a necessity person? So natural conversation and naturally asking some questions, listening to how they are answering them. Are you the type of person that just like loves your, why are you in your current job that you're in? Why do you live in the current city you live in? When they describe like the job, for instance, like I'm in my current job because there's so much opportunity. There's no cap on my ability to be successful. This person is a possibility person. But if that same person, but if that same person that's just when they say like, it's just something that I have to get done. I have to pay the bills. They're not thinking into the future. This is a necessity person. They make decisions on necessity. A person with more of a necessity sort often settles for what life gives them. They primarily make decisions that are based on avoiding pain. They will settle for what's available and don't care much about options or varied experiences. Therefore, in order to influence, motivate, and build rapport with this person, you will need to focus on making them feel secure and comfortable with their decisions. Provide them with something that's familiar, easy, and safe. And that's totally okay. And so a person with more of a possibility sort often seeks variety and opportunity. They primarily make decisions that are based on gaining pleasure. They don't like to settle, but would rather go for what they really want in life. They're motivated to look for possibilities that will help them expand their opportunities in order to influence, build, and build 
motivate and build rapport with that with this person. You need to focus on presenting them with challenges. Are we talking about me? <laughs> Informing them about the risks that they will need to take to get what they want and the inevitable opportunities that will be available once they take positive action. And so I know when I'm sitting across from somebody, right, with real estate, like some people, just they just need to get into a house. It doesn't really matter what that house is. We just have to get them pre-qualified. That's a necessity where I feel like the possibility people, we're talking about all these things that I'm like, hey, like you're going to have to like put food in your refrigerator. You don't want to be house poor. There's nothing worse than being house poor when you have this huge house that you can't even furnish or put food in. So there's, there's pros and cons to both. And so there there's like the visionary right they're all excited but they don't realize when they're when you're a visionary so put yourself in here so if you're a visionary and you're talking to someone I'm just gonna say like network marketing so you're in network marketing and you're talking to someone and you're like yeah we're gonna go to convention let's get our tickets do this we're gonna buy this and that person sitting across from you is literally just trying to put diapers on their kids and they're eating ramen noodles noodles so I just, um, you really need to listen. It's hard to understand people who aren't like you, but you need to take the time to understand. Now, sometimes it's hard to talk to the people that are more kind of necessity-based sometimes because I feel like a lot of them have been jaded. And you have to be careful with the network marketing because a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth sometimes with that. And, but I think what's great about network marketing is that it is really becoming a really good side hustle for a lot of people. And I think when you go into it, you need to know like, okay, I might just make an extra $500 a month. I'm not trying to reach for the stars, which if you're like more of a necessity person, like you can do it. You just don't, don't shoot for the, for the, making millions with it and there absolutely is opportunity within that I just I want people to really think about okay what why am I joining this it's your why so I think you have to build them up give them hope vessels to help them with this the service in life right and so the third one and this one I'm gonna bodge because I always do the third one is generality. I know such a weird word versus specificity. <laughs> the general outcome. Okay. And I fall for this one all the time. So I'm just going to say I'm, it's the general outcome. They talk too much. They, when I just want general info. So Hey, I'm about to share with you what our services or products are. Do you, you need to, these, these are questions to ask. Do you want to see the big picture or do you want the granular details? If I'm buying a car, I, me personally, I want to know what the, I want the color that I want. I want the interior, what I want. I really don't give a crap about the rest. And so if I go in there and I'm buying a car, and this car salesperson thinks I want to know all about the engine and what I need to do with the, what the rims and the tires and all the things are. They're going to they're going to lose me. They need to keep it really simple. 
it's more of they need to ask me, do you want to go and drive and feel it out or do you want the details? The catches, I kind of sometimes want both, but what's the majority? The majority is I need to go get that feeling of that car as long as I feel good. The general picture of it, every everyone is so different and so it's just a matter of asking the right questions. I used to do this in high school. I used to shop at the Buckle a lot. We all did. I would walk in and I would be so annoyed with the salespeople because I knew they worked straight commission and they would throw a thousand pairs of jeans over my dressing room. I thought they were trying to manipulate me. Well, as time went on, I realized that the jeans I was picking out weren't as great as the ones that they picked out. I switched my mindset and allowed the professionals to help pick out the jeans I like because they taught me how to shop for my body. They do, they, they shop for jeans all day long. They do this all day long. Let the professionals be the professionals. And you might think too, like being influential, do I have to be popular? It isn't a popularity contest. You don't need to have a million followers. You don't have to have a million sales, but you do need to be in alignment with yourself. And I'm going to dive a little bit into this because we use the word authentic a lot now, and it's almost being too overused. We use it on this podcast a lot, but in order to be authentic, you have to be in alignment with yourself. And I knew for me in my business, I wanted to be authentic, but I had to keep my kiddos out of it. It was hard for me to make this decision. I see all these cute posts about kids and people using their kids in their sales pitches, but my kids are at the age where they don't want to be seen. They just, they really just want to blend. And how dare I post a picture of them on the internet forever? I mean, that's what their friends and them do. They're constantly searching for photos of each other on the internet so that they can make fun of them and put them into funny memes. But that's the same thing in but that's the same thing with sales is when I got into real estate, I wanted to blend in. I wanted to be vanilla and I looked wanted to look just like the other realtors because they were successful doing their thing. But where people get people get being authentic wrong is that they're airing their dirty laundry out into the world and you can't take that back. And so I think that that's a really important thing. Like, yes, we share a ton on this podcast Absolutely. But we still have our private life. And I think that's important because it's in alignment with us. So maybe you want to go air out all your dirty laundry. But um, if it aligns with your vision and mission, then you're being in alignment for sure. And my vision, mission and intent is for my clients to gain value and trust with me. I said earlier that I was trying to blend in and look just like other realtors. Well, that wasn't quite working for me. It was actually hurting me. And insert Chris Lindahl, we all know him. I mean, when you think of real estate in Minnesota, who do you think of? The guy with the billboards. I had to take a good look in the mirror and decide what kind of value I could give to my clients. What was my why? How was I going to influence so I wouldn't feel slimy? And feel like I was manipulating people into using me to sell their homes. And then I had my aha moment. My big aha moment. So I have always loved interior design. 
I know how to read a blueprint on a house. I know a ton about construction since being in the new construction world and the products on how to renovate homes. Like I could tell you every quartz color. I could tell you every granite color. I could walk into a house and literally go, oh, that's accessible beige on the paint, on the, on the walls. Like I just have an eye for it. And so I knew that I had a passion to make things beautiful and using my creativity with all of this. So I decided insert my home staging business. My favorite thing is having my own reality show. I don't really have a reality show, but in my head, I have a reality show. And I get to go in and sell people's homes and educate them on getting top dollar. So I get to go into these homes when they're at work or gone and I get to stage them. I get to put my finishing touches on their homes. And my goal is to hear them say, now we don't want to move. Like I, there's nothing better than setting up their home for the market for them. And they come home and they are just like, oh my gosh, how did she do this? Like now we're, now we don't even want to move. My favorite part is when nine times out of 10, they sell for 15% more than the competing homes. So that just makes me feel like I added my value. That is how I sleep at night, knowing I got them top do- as top dollar as I could. That is how I know I'm in alignment. People want to work with people they like, know, and trust. And word of mouth is the biggest referral. And for me, everybody is so excited about their houses that they are going out. Word of mouth is the biggest referral. So go back to the basics. Word of mouth, definitely. That is your number one. You want to make people, not make people, but you want to influence people to like, know, and trust you. And so be real with them. Add the value. Give them service. That's why we're on this planet, which kind of leads us into my, my branding. That's the number one question I get in my inbox besides how much you all love my hair, which is super flattering. I will eventually give you all a tutorial on my hair, but I want to add here that I just add blonde highlights. Um, I have a really awesome natural hair color. I'm a natural redhead and that's my low light color. So going back here, branding 101 with Allie, um, there are a few key notes I want you to write down with me. So grab a pen and paper so that you can write these down before I dive in. Before I dive in, I want you to hear this. And a lot of you are going to be like, what? Why is she saying this? So don't focus on your colors, your logo, or your look. Yeah, I said it. If I could go back to the beginning of my business, I wouldn't care so much about the, the fluff is what I call it. I am really, really, really type A, meaning all my friends are out in the pool They're all swimming and having a good time and I'm still picking out which swimsuit I'm going to wear. Be intentional about your mission and here is an outline to help you figure out what that mission is. So number one, figure out who your audience is when you're starting a business. A big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners make is assuming that they are their target audience. Well, maybe one of their target 
personas, it's never the bulk of their target audience. There are often two to three personas that a brand starts out with in order to create a comprehensive and cohesive messaging and brand strategy. You need to know who your target audience is so that you make sure that they will connect to the brand that you build. If you create a brand with no one in particular in mind, then you're going to have a lot of trouble finding that audience, which means that your branding efforts will have been for for nothing. It's only once you've pinpointed who your audience is or your, your niche that you find that you can begin developing things like your mission statement and brand message. So number one, you need to sit down and you need to find out who, who is that audience. Number two, going back to create that mission statement. We have a mission statement with the Twisted Sisters. I have a mission statement with my real estate business. Your brand's st- mission statement is your purpose for existing. Once you have a mission statement, all of your other branding efforts will reflect that mission statement. So I'm going to share just a few um, mission statements that we I think are really powerful. So LinkedIn is to connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful. Nike's is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Um, And Microsoft is to enable people and businesses throughout the world to realize their full potential. So it can be very simple. It it absolutely can. For our our podcast, it was, we want to make sure that, um, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was, we want to, we want to interview authentic human beings and share, give them a platform to share their stories. That was our big one. So create your brand messaging number three. So write this down. Number three, create your brand messaging. Your brand message tells customers who you are, what you offer, and why your audience should care. Your messaging includes your brand promise, your positioning statement, and your, your, your oh my gosh, you can tell it's like six in the morning and your unique value proposition. Whatever product or service you offer, there are going to be hundreds, if not thousands of other companies that provide similar products or services, often with bigger budgets and more resources at their fingertips. Ahem. Billboard guy, we all know who he is. An important part of your branding efforts is to make your brand stand out from similar brands around the world. To do this, you need a unique value proposition. So it's important to note that this doesn't just include the features or benefits that your products or services provide, but how you improve the lives of your customers through those products and services and what makes your brand different. Just like before when I was explaining about my home staging, I had to be different from the average realtor. So Number four is create a visual identity. Now it's the part that you want. Once you've created your brand messaging, it's time to create a visual identity. And this is the fun part. This includes choosing your colors, your fonts, your logo, and other elements. So businesses tend to go for impact. So a logo that is easy to read and easy to identify as their own. It is way more cost-effective to put a simple logo on a hat or a Yeti. So I'm just saying this out loud. Make sure your logo is very simple so that when they get really intricate, that's when they get super expensive to reproduce. So 
Most of the famous logos in the world, we all know them, the McDonald's Golden Arch, Apple's Apple, and Nike Swoosh, these logos are strong and they don't even need the name of the company to be instantly identifiable. We all know that. So the colors used in these logos as well as in the general visual branding of each company tend to have psychological effects. And I love reading about psychological effects because it is so true. It's like putting all the all the bright things on the grocery store shelves that are right in hand reach that we can eye level read. And so, for example, we have green represents growth and health, while blue represents strength and dependability. And one of the reasons almost every fast food business uses red in their branding is because it's known to incite hunger. That's hilarious because I can think of like 50 red KFC, Canes, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Canes, the chicken. Um, yeah, the list goes on. Think about what you want your brand to make your target audience feel. So what do you, how do you want your audience to feel? So create a vision board. I'm a big vision board girl or a document if you're not a, a visual person with inspiration from other brands, nature, art, music, etc. This is your brand. You can really do whatever you want with it. So number five is develop your brand's voice. You want to use a tone that is appropriate for your business. Businesses that shy away from opinions or from having a personality are hard for customers to relate to. Personality is important if you want to engage with customers. So just make sure your voice is in alignment with your target audience. A good starting exercise is to think about words you'd want people to use to describe your business like approachable, energetic, and knowledgeable. This will help you figure out how your brand should sound. And last but not least, number six, be consistent. Be consistent. Whatever branding choices you make, you have to stick with them across all channels. If you don't, it makes your branding inconsistent, which hurts your brand identity. While products and services, they can change, your users want a consistent experience with your brand across all all platforms. If that continuity doesn't exist, it can make your brand look unstable or unreliable to the consumer. So be sure to project consistency and confidence across all of your platforms. And I think that's one of the most important ones. So I knew for me that in my real estate business that I wanted soft, calming, and soothing colors. But I also knew I needed to have a masculine presence as well because a lot of the times I'm dealing with men. So I wanted elegance with a bold take. So when people are making huge decisions like selling their home or buying a new house, they have to be calm. So it's like when you're when you're driving in a stressful situation, right? Like I'm when I'm at Mall of America, this is what I'm thinking of right now. And I have my music, I'm just blaring, I'm singing the songs and then I'm like pull into that parking garage and I I can't see a dang thing, right? And my music is so loud that I have to turn my da- my music down because I can't see properly. <laughs> yeah, I'm at that age now. But that that's what this is kind of like. So when you go into a model home, right? Have you ever been into a model home? You have the soft, relaxing music 
and you're all relaxed and you're like, I want this house. How am I going to get this house? Because you're so in love with this house. Now, if I had rock music blaring, um, I might not be as calm and want that house. I, I might want to go out and go to a party and I'm not even paying attention to the house or you're just wanting to sing and dance or be stressed by how loud the music is. So I knew for the podcast, we wanted it to be fun. We wanted the rock party. We wanted bright, bold colors. We wanted to stand out and wanted people to click on our posts because they want to listen in on the fun. Yes, we go into deep conversation and cry sometimes, but we want you here to cry with us. We want you here to laugh with us, to feel like we are relatable to you. And we hope that is what you are feeling. We hope that you don't think we are doing this for the fame or the glitz and the glamour. Yes, it's so much fun to do the photo shoots. I mean, who wouldn't want to do photo shoots? And it's fun to have our faces everywhere, but that's to build the brand. That's to expand our reach so we can continue this podcast. So we continue so we can continue to help guide, influence, and bring value. What a brand is supposed to do. So get out there, get out there. I heard this the other day and it rings so true that I just have to share. So this is what I hear a lot of new agents talk about or people who are just getting into sales is any really any type of service or product-based business is I can't show up confidently yet because I don't have a certain level of success yet. I have to have success before I can talk about it. So no, you don't, but I'm going to share this story with you. So I was out driving around and there's a new taco restaurant coming up. No one is in there yet. It's not up and running, but there's a banner, banner, whatever the taco place is called. So let's just, she called it unicorn tacos. So unicorn tacos, it said, and then it said the best damn tacos in town. Well, they haven't sold a taco yet. So I am intrigued by their confidence. Tacos? Really? The best damn taco in town? I like tacos. I want the best damn tacos in town. I'm not thinking they haven't sold 50,000 tacos yet. I am intrigued by their tacos. I'm Googling when they're going to open. They didn't put up a banner that said they are the okayest taco. We might be good if you vote us the best tacos. And this is the type of confidence that you need to show up in your business with. Your success is not someone else telling you you're successful. You're good at what you do. There are thousands of taco restaurants, but they've never had your tacos. So just remember that. We can all give the same advice, but it will sound different from each of us because we all have a different take on the subject. We all have our own secret sauce. Stop thinking about it. Stop picking out your swimsuit and just jump in the damn pool. I know, easier said than done. Yes, but be strategic. But you have to start somewhere. Be consistent. Be in alignment. Be authentic. Know your audience. Find your niche. Remember your why. But also remember this will be on the internet forever. So don't air something out that could hurt someone. Now, I know all of you um, wanted some of my favorite apps and websites, and I'll give you a little bit into my secret sauce. So let me take a breath here. Some of my favorite apps for creating content are Canva. Canva is my best friend. I pay for the pro membership, and I absolutely love it. I also use WordSwag. 
a lot for like quotes and backgrounds. And then I used something called scroll, I believe is how you pronounce it, but it's S-C-R-L. And that's how I do my super cool reels a lot of the time is through that app. You just can add pictures and it does the work for you. And then um, how do I edit our photos? I get that a lot too. Um, I just use Lightroom. I, I don't do a lot with them, but I definitely brighten them up. Um, and then I get, should you use stock photos? Um, so sometimes, but not always. I'm a firm believer in lifestyle photo shoots. I think you should have headshots that you use for yourself, yes, that you put on your business card, but um, you also have to have a lifestyle photo shoot, whether that be with the products you're selling or the services you provide. So get enough photos to use those for a year. You want to be able to sprinkle those photos into your social media. It will set you up for success. I'm not even kidding. So you're not running around trying to create content all the time. You literally have a year's worth of photos and you can mix and match and use them at different times. And you could bring Christmas stuff or you could bring Halloween stuff, seasonal stuff, um, and like for me, I, I bring a lot of the Parade of Homes books and I take pictures with those. Um, I take pictures with my home decor. So do I have content creating days? Yes. Mondays are my content creating days. I lock myself in my little office and I all I do is make content. And I try to set up all my content so it's done for the week. Does it always work like this? No, it doesn't. But I strive to get it done. Another question I get is, how do I grow my social media? How do I grow my Instagram, my TikTok? So I'm not a big TikToker yet. I try. I think I've, I'm more focused on Instagram. Um, so I'm going to talk about Instagram and uh, maybe eventually I'll break out into TikTok and I would love to. It's just more of that, that time thing. But reels, reels, reels. Educate, educate, educate. Giveaways, share your secret sauce. We all want the details if we're following you. Don't beat around the bush. Post at least three stories a day to your stories and collaborate with others. So post one reel or a post a day. Give them a shout out when you're collaborating with collaborating with people on your stories or posts. And then they put that, they share that onto their story. So social media is supposed to be social, and I feel like we've gotten away from that. Yes, we fight the algorithms, but you have to be social in order to receive back. So follow social accounts that show you trending audio and save that audio and put your own twist on it. Use hashtags to target your audience. I use as many hashtags as I can. I believe that works and I use different ones. I mean, I always have like my, my staples like Minnesota Realtor, MN Real Estate in there, but I change it up depending on, especially if I have a house in that city, I try to target what that city's big hashtags are. So now I know I will get questions on how I brand all of my businesses together. So I am always buying up domains. I might have a little obsession with it, but my number one advice to you is buy up your name and your kids' names. They are cheap. Set your kiddos up for success so that if they ever start a business, you already own their domain and they can have that rather than someone else owning it. So I own all my kids' names. I own all of their domains because someday if they set up a business, we already have it for them and we don't have to go around getting creative with what their name is. 
and then they have it and that's super fun to have like your email address like jack at jackangren.com so that's what I have I'm Allie at allieangren.com I think it's important to be able to tie all your businesses together I have a photography business, a staging business, a real estate business, an investment property business, a lifestyle business where I promote home decor products and collaborate with other product-based businesses and earn commissions off of those like Amazon. And then this podcast and they all tie together and that was so important for me. So I think when you start getting your hand in too many baskets, it sets you up for failure and you must have one up and running before you start the next. I had to make six, my goal was I had to make six, six figures in real estate before I started my full staging company. I was always doing like small touches here and there, like putting a cute little plant where it needed, but I had to make sure I was investing properly, pop, pro, oh my gosh, properly. I had to make sure I was investing properly. Like I, I couldn't just blow a bunch of money. I had to make six figures in staging before I started the podcast to be able to focus on that. And now this is our baby and we are really hoping to grow it, which we are. And that leads me to to an ask. We are asking that if you enjoy this podcast, please, 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 please go leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or Facebook page so we can continue to grow. We want to keep this going and we are right at the cusp to start earning some sponsorships and this only helps us get better and better guests that align with our words to provide you guys value. So I just want to say thank you for listening. This is so much fun. Even though yesterday I was a hot mess trying to get it to work, I just wasn't on my A game. I needed, I literally went in my room last night and laid in the dark for like a half hour. I was just like with nothing. I was like, I just need a mental break. Um, But it is definitely fall real estate market. And I've been helping my mom at the chart house um, with this chart house live music series where we had Mick Sterling on for. And so I've been working there to help her make sure it's running smoothly and helping serve tables with that. So I've had I've kind of had a little bit of a roller coaster and I'm super 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 tired so I'm just trying to get back on that schedule. So I just want to thank you so much for listening. I would love to have us message I would love to have you guys message us questions because I pulled a lot of questions off of my page of what I was going to talk about today. And I want to do like a live. I want to do a live forum and we, you guys can submit your questions and we'll answer them. And we're always here. So know that like we're, we are always here. So that's all I have today. And that's it. So have a great Tuesday because I'm putting this on today. <laughs> and Sam gets back. I don't even know when she gets back. We've just been running, running, running. And that's it. That's it. So have a wonderful day, you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted Twisted sisters. sisters. We're all a little twisted.